Hey, Proof listeners, it's Bridget. And today's episode of Proof is another bonus episode. So we're going to answer another one of those weird food questions that was submitted to us. Now, today we're answering the question that was submitted by at Hanwa from Instagram. The question is, how much kombucha would it take to get you drunk? So we needed an expert beverage consumer. And I can think of no one who has mastered the skill of consuming beverages more than our executive producer, Caitlin Kelleher. Bridget, I tried to get drunk on kombucha, and I'm here today to tell you about it. Let me start you at the beginning. All right. First, I went to the grocery store to buy kombucha. Sounds reasonable. Now, they did not have my favorite flavor of kombucha. So you're an expert. You drink enough kombucha that you have a favorite. I wouldn't call myself an expert. I'm somewhere between a kombucha enthusiast and a total amateur. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) So they didn't have my favorite flavor of kombucha, but they did have a bunch of others. So I loaded up my basket. And I also purchased a breathalyzer on Amazon. So armed with my breathalyzer and my stash of kombucha, I headed into the office for a day full of meetings to try to get drunk. At work. Yeah. So after this interview, you have to remember to call HR. Did you set yourself up in any way? I did a preliminary breathalyzer. I can't tell if I'm doing this breathalyzer right, but let's see. It's warming up. Okay. Now it's saying to blow. 0.00% BAC. That's the result. So I cruise into my first meeting of the day, armed with this gigantic liter bottle of kombucha, which I don't think most people buy it in that size. Well, we're assemble both trays at the same time. So I'll do one tray and Natalie will do the other. She'll basically be telling me what to do. Right. About two hours in, I checked in. The time is now 1.06 p.m. I started drinking this 1.4 liter bottle of kombucha around 10.45 a.m. And I've only gotten about halfway through the bottle, maybe a little less than half. We're going to do a breathalyzer. We're going to see where I'm at. Yeah, I don't know if I did it right, but it's showing a 0.00% BAC, meaning I don't have any alcohol in my system. So I'm going to try to drink faster, and we'll we'll check in again. So a half of a liter, you're still at 0.00. How fast were you drinking this? Well, that's a good question. So that is one of the hiccups in this plan, is that it turns out I'm not a very fast drinker. <laughs> A lot of people in the meeting, actually, a lot of my colleagues speculated that part of the issue was that I was not drinking the kombucha fast enough. Mm. Yeah. I think you need to chug it. Ah, it's yeah. good. Oh my God. I need a shotgun with the kombucha. I don't want you to. Should I do a keg stand with the kombucha? <laughs> I would love to get you a shot glass with a shotgun. Our colleague, Julia, was kind enough to coach me. She gave me some tips on how to drink faster. You're drinking it really slowly. You just, you got to start pounding it. Chug, 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 chug. Mm. That was like a, that was like a dainty sip. It's yeah. hard to chug, huh? It's hard to chug. Just open the throat, man. Did you ever do that? Open the throat. Yeah. So 
I speculated that maybe that was part of the issue, that I wasn't drinking fast enough. So then I picked up the pace a bit after lunch. I really started to drink with purpose. And it was at that point that I started to feel really full. I went to breathalyze myself again, and I hit another bump in the road. Hmm. Where the breathalyzer won't turn on. Just a second here. All right, I think I broke the breathalyzer, so I can't do my final test here. You know, worst case scenario, I do sit right next to the IT department. Hey, Otto, do you have any experience with breathalyzers? Your, your IT. It's just not turning on. <laughs> now, do you remember breaking it, or is this part of the blackout? Well, I thought that maybe, yeah, I had broken it because I was drunk, you know, right, right. and kind of lost control of my motor function and pressed the button too hard and broke the breathalyzer. It's a digital digital display. I don't know. I mean, I can look it up. It seems like it's the button got... I mean, do you want to... Yeah, this is definitely not your job. So I didn't know if I was drunk because I couldn't breathalyze myself at right. that point. Well, you couldn't, you know, on paper know that you were drunk. You, did you have any feeling or any sensation of... I had the feeling and sensation of being uncomfortably full <laughs> and a little nauseous. <laughs> but I wasn't sure if I was drunk or not. So at that point, I started looking for other ways to determine if I was drunk. So I looked up some of the common field sobriety tests that cops perform when they pull over drunk drivers. We're going to do the walk and turn test in which the subject, me, is directed to take nine steps touching heel to toe along a straight line. And I enlisted the help of our producer, Sarah, to administer some field sobriety tests. I actually failed the first one. One of the points on which you can fail is if you start before they have finished giving you the instructions. Ma'am, please take nine steps toward me heel to toe. That, ex excuse me, ma'am, I haven't finished giving my instructions. <laughs> I think you're drunk off. <laughs> at the end of the day, what are the takeaways? I wasn't drunk, at least not according to the breathalyzer. The first breathalyzer. Or the second one. <laughs> I failed the field sobriety test, but it seems like that might have been human error. But I did feel really nauseous, and I did feel really full. I kind of want to trouble the premise here of the question a little bit. I mean, the question was, how much kombucha would it take to get you drunk? And I'm saying, maybe the right amount would be the amount of kombucha it takes to make a nice cocktail. <laughs> so you're saying it's a mixer, and not the alcohol? I think that... The only way to get drunk on kombucha is if it's an ingredient in a cocktail you're consuming, based on my very scientific experience. Okay, I'm going to interrupt our episode for a quick intermission. It's time for today's Bob's Red Mill Grain Quiz. Today, I'm putting my colleague, Allie Berkey, in the hot seat, and we're going to find out how much she knows about oatmeal. Hello. Hey, Allie, I've got an oatmeal quiz for you. Oh, let's do it. Okay, there are two truths and a lie. A. Oatmeal Monday is an old Scottish school holiday on the second Monday in February. B. There's a small town in Texas named Oatmeal. Or C. Oatmeal is full of soluble fiber that can help to lower your cholesterol. Well, I know oatmeal has a ton of fiber, and I'd imagine there's definitely a Texas town with just about any name imaginable. So I'm going to go with A. 
It feels a bit strange to have an oatmeal holiday, even in Scotland. (laughs) You almost got it, but not quite. The holiday is real, but Oatmeal Texas is actually an unofficial community, and it hasn't been recognized by the map makers of Texas. That feels like only a half-life. Well, that's about half right. (laughs) (laughs) But more importantly, Bob's Red Mill organic oatmeal cups are full of six grams of soluble fiber, and that can help to lower your cholesterol. Plus, there are tons of delicious flavors conveniently packaged in a cup so that you can eat on the go. For more information and a ton of delicious recipes, go to bobsredmill.com. Now, back to the show. Thank you so much for trying to get drunk on kombucha, Caitlin. But because of your so-called very scientific experiment, we wanted to bring in a kombucha expert, a real one, to clear the air once and for all. And we have Heather Hallen Adams here with us. She's an assistant professor at the University of Nebraska Lincoln, and she specializes in food microbiology and particularly food mycology, which I had to look up. It's the study of fungi. Hi, it's Bridget. Hi, it's Heather. How are you, Heather? All right. So, Heather, how exactly is kombucha made? I know that there can be alcohol produced in kombucha. How is it produced? Okay, so kombucha is a fermentation of tea and sugar. Usually black tea can be green tea, and it's fermented with the SCOBY, the symbiotic culture of bacteria and yeasts. And there are three components in the SCOBY. There's the yeast component, and that's responsible for most of your alcohol production. That's the first part that's active. It's going to start eating that sugar and converting it to alcohol and carbon dioxide. And then the bacteria are going to break down the alcohol to produce acetic acid or vinegar. And that's most of your flavor. And then the lactic acid bacteria, they're a smaller player. They can do some degree of sugar fermentation. Gotcha. So there's a a growing amount of alcohol for a certain period of time, and then it starts to wane, right? Yes. So the first week or so the alcohol content will increase. And usually it's not getting terribly high. It's not getting to the 4 or 5% that you're seeing in beer, for instance, because these are yeasts that are capable of producing alcohol, but they haven't been bred for it like beer yeasts mm-hmm. or wine yeasts have. So how much alcohol is actually in kombucha? Uh, does that vary from brand to brand or type? That does vary. And your scobies are going to vary. So the exact composition of bacteria and yeasts that you have in different ones will vary. And even if you have the same species, you might have variations with this particular batch. The alcohol you're going to get probably is going to be around 2 or 3%. Uh, however, if you're brewing kombucha to sell it without special regulation, you want to be very careful to keep it under 0.5% because the moment it hits 0.5%, it ceases to be a soft drink, and it falls under the regulation of the uh, Trade and Tax Bureau for alcohol. Very interesting. Yeah. So, so back to something, a kombucha that has basically below that 0.5%, can a person actually get drunk off of that? It would take a very special person. <laughs> <laughs> well, so, I kind of know one. <laughs> yep. D- different people are differentially susceptible to alcohol. Some people will get drunk on very little, so theoretically it's possible. What we think of usually is a unit of alcohol, which would be about a can of beer, 4.5%, 
or a glass of wine, lower volume, 11.6% alcohol, that metabolizes in about an hour. And so you can drink that in one hour and okay, you're good. Legally intoxicated for most people is going to be two to five units. So that would be two to five cans of beer. And if you're looking at 0.5% alcohol, you're looking at 0.24 units in your kombucha in 16 fluid ounces, 480 milliliters. So you'd have to drink close to two liters in one hour to get one unit, to get the equivalent of one can of beer. And if it's two units to really start seeing signs of intoxication, then that's four liters in an hour. And if you're regular drinker, got some good alcohol dehydrogenase in your body, you can handle five units, you're drinking gallons. And that's going to be very uncomfortable well before you get drunk. I was going to say, uh, we're now talking about a superhuman species, I think, one with a very uh, thick constitution, let's call it. Uh, the, you know, uh, kombucha's quite tart, vinegary. Yep. What's, it, what's that doing to your poor stomach lining? And I mean, well, there's got to be some other issues. It's doing something. So the sheer volume is one issue. Mm. Uh, your kidneys, they're happy processing about a liter of liquid in an hour. Two liters, that's pushing it. Above that, you're outstripping your body's capacity to handle liquid, and there's going to be some discomfort there. Yes, the high acid kombucha pH 2.5, that's pretty acidic. Uh, your stomach is actually anywhere from 1.5 to 3. So the stomach gets it's seen worse. Uh, it's got that hydrochloric acid that it produces to help break things down. There is a condition called lactic acidosis, which has been reported uh, associated with kombucha consumption. And this is four reports over 24 years, so not at all common. But that's where the blood pH actually is decreased due uh, to elevated acid in the body. These situations have happened in uh, two women that seem to be in good health otherwise, but consuming fairly large quantities of kombucha over a fairly long period. So what would some of the symptoms of lactic acidosis be? How would it present itself? Well, definitely you're going to feel uh, stomach symptoms. Uh, you can have decreased appetite, diarrhea. Uh, the breathing rate can increase, general discomfort. Uh, you can have muscle pain and cramping. So say that I know someone that uh, recently tried to get drunk on kombucha. Um, perhaps she should have gone straight to the hard kombucha? Yeah, so if you go to the kombucha that's moved into the beer section because it's pushing 3 or 4%, that's still pretty low, but going to be quicker than 0.5%. And then there is the category of hard kombucha, which is deliberately brewed to be alcoholic. Well, thanks, Heather. And guess what? Caitlin's back. Hi, Caitlin. Well, that was an education. Yeah, how are you feeling? Terrified. <laughs> you should be. Look what you did. Yeah, you know, I mean, I was willing to fall on the sword for proof. I'm a good soldier that way. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But I had no idea what could have gone wrong. Yeah, a lot could have gone wrong. How's your tummy? It's no longer full of kombucha. It's full of fear. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that might be safer. Yeah. I mean, it's just, I'm just fortunate that I'm not a fast drinker, you know? Right. 
Had I been able to drink faster, I could have done some real damage. Yes, that's true, but not the right kind of damage. I mean, if you want to get blotto on kombucha, you're going to have to go for the hard stuff. Well, I guess next time I'll just have to go for the harder stuff. Exactly. We'll have Lesson to learned. Find another sword to fall on. I'm sure you'll think of one for me, Bridget. <laughs> Thanks so much to Heather Helen Adams and thanks to Caitlin for being our fabulous guinea pig. And finally, thanks to at Hanwha for submitting this wacky question. We'd love for you to keep tuning in every Thursday for more proof bonus episodes where we're answering your questions. Now, if you have a weird food question you'd like us to answer, email proof at americastestkitchen.com. And stay tuned for season three of Proof coming this fall. <laughs>